IRL Radio is sponsored by Lyft, a great new alternative to traditional buses and taxis. Sign up with promo code IRL to get $5 off your first 10 rides or get a $250 bonus when you sign up to drive. Join the ride-sharing movement today. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, the work of our sponsor and my company, Treehouse Stickers. Oh, very cool. We make stickers and stuff. It's our day job that pays for our rock and roll lifestyle. What is that? What oh, day our, job? Uh, our printers. Oh, sweet. Yeah, those are awesome. Oh, yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty uh, freaking uh, high tech, aren't they? They're they're pretty gnarly, yeah. A lot of the a lot of the hard work's done by the machines now. For sure. Does it does it do the trimming too? Like, yeah, it'll yeah. Uh, it'll cut the stickers out too. Wow. So all we have to do is essentially peel the extra stuff out and then. That's great. It's pretty like fun, a computer yeah. interface with whatever. Yeah, and that's you know sort of the the skill we've been honing for four years now. Are they are they ink cost much or? Um, it's, you know, it's $80 for an ink cartridge. It's yeah. one color. I mean, they're, they're <laughs> expensive when you think about it, but it's also the, it's a material that goes into the cost. Of so it's all yeah. built in. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not bad. How, so how cool. many, uh, prints do you get out of that? I mean, was one cartridge going to last a long time or? Yeah. I mean, we go through one every couple of days and they all have different colors. So you switch them. Yeah. Around. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so can you, um, double it back and like do multiple colors and oh, the yeah. same sheets and all that yeah so we uh we just, we're doing some like uh we did parking passes for beloved music festival cool and so we can do variable data printing so we can print oh, 50 right stickers on. with a different number on each one. Oh, that's awesome and uh wow. we can do cmyk so color ink and then a white ink over on top of it oh that's awesome mirrored on the back so you can put it on the inside of your windshield and wow. it'll show through wow. that's great yeah, that's like a newer technology huh yeah it's yeah. only uh only been out for about five ten years yeah that's great yeah, we well, jumped uh, on it have yeah. to keep you folks in mind yeah treehouse stickers it they we sponsored our own podcast stuff, yeah. and yeah it works out very cool yeah uh, but we're here today with if you guys want to introduce yourselves Ron Mason Gassaway. Chris Reed. And why should we care about you guys? That's a really good question. We could get into a, like a real kind of let's, existential. Uh, let's yeah. hear, uh, hear your, your resume, what you guys are interesting. I mean, I know you guys, but this is for our <laughs> listener. Yeah, they get pretty existential. But we probably don't <laughs> we have can, like several hours, you know. Yeah, no, um, I don't know. Go for it, Chris. Uh, so I play in a uh, kind of a prog psych band called Quiet. And I uh, also play in an all-improv band called Mogwind, and I do some other kind of jazz stuff, which is kind of like a, a day job, kind of a, awesome. for money at wineries and stuff. Um, and I book a uh, uh, every uh, first Saturday psych night at uh, Clues, which I think maybe how you came across me called. That is, yeah. All the colors of the dark. Yeah, that's and, pretty rad. Yeah, and we're having our uh, we're having our thirteenth show on our year anniversary on I don't know how it worked out that way, but it did uh, <laughs> on Saturday, this Saturday. Oh, very cool. And this show's going to be going up pretty much as soon as we're done recording it. Oh, so, cool. Um, it's this Saturday. Yeah, this Saturday, October 1st at Plews. Awesome. Awesome. And Quiet will be playing with uh, a really wild band called the Killy Stabbers that are doing some 
it's a, a duo, and they're doing some. Uh, it's improv, but it's like rock improv. You know, it's not jazz. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. They're telling me that it's going to be crazy. Interesting. And then we're playing with kind of a more textural, abstract improv band called Wilmoth Axel. That's kind of one of my regular artists. This will be maybe their fifth time to play the, the series. Very cool. Yeah. And you dragged your your friend along, sort of last minute. Well, he's been involved in the series, and he's in, we'll just second to him, he's in probably my favorite Portland band, which is called Party Killer. Right on. I've seen Party Killer on flyers around recently. Yeah, yeah. So Party Killer have played the Psych Night series and have been really active for years. And then his he's got a solo act called, do you say Masonic? Uh, Masonic. Masonic. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I'm not that particular about it, but if you want it <laughs> specific, I'll tell you. Yes, yeah, so, so they've also participated in our, our uh, site night. Very cool. Yeah, or his, he has as a solo thing. Awesome. So you guys have been doing the Psych Rock Jam. You've been doing this event for a year. This event for a year, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, and it's been, you know, honestly a vehicle. It's, it's been a, a thing so that Quiet could have uh, a regular home. Sure. But we've also had, we've booked some really, I mean, like these guys, you know, we have them headline when they play, and they're, they're amazing. And some other really, you know, some really cool... There's a there the other band that I I'm really excited about is a is a Vancouver band, and now uh, uh, called Introvert. Very and they're cool. younger players. They're sort of like, oh, they use odd time signatures. They're they have a really great female vocalist, bass player, awesome. drummer, guitar player. They're a trio, and they do these odd time signatures. But it's not self conscious. It's not mathy. It doesn't even really sound that proggy anymore. They sort of sounded proggy to me at first. They're just a really, really good rock band, and they're young. They played at us with No Fest in the Square a couple weeks ago. Very cool. Or they played with us at No Fest in the Square. Right on. Right on. <clears throat> so you guys were sort of having a conversation when when you guys were walked in. It's a probably what twenty minute drive from St. John's to get here. Uh yeah. Where do you live? Well, I live in St. John's. He lives in St. John's. He lives in Vancouver. In Vancouver. So. Vancouver. Yeah. yeah, I live okay. in Vancouver. My band's based, yeah. Quiet is a Portland-based man. I'm the only Vancouver member. Gotcha. Yeah. How's living in Vancouver? During yeah. the suburbs? It's pretty Vancouver. It's pretty interesting. I'm, I'm downtown, mm -hmm. and that's a kind of like its own little world, and it's pretty cool. It does cool. kind of seem like it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm on the west side. I live there. I run a little health food store there. Oh, great. There's a legal, there's a, the, the first legal weed, weed shop in Vancouver is right across from my store. And it's kind of like the busy little section. Right on. Yeah, Vancouver. Right. So it's, it's interesting. It's like, uh, you know, for me, St. John's kind of like a second home. It's like five miles away. For sure. There are actually some commonalities between the two, meaning in the sense of how we've evolved or devolved to New Portland, quote unquote. Mm. Right. You know, St. John's is one of the last indications of the former villages that made up the city. Right, because St. John's was its own city. Before been all along. Oh, yeah. they're yeah. they're they're sort of an analogous thing. Yeah, yeah, if you think about it, because they still have maintained two degrees their downtowns look. Yeah, they kind have, of like yeah. they always have. Yeah, as opposed to everywhere else now. Yeah, sure. You know, which is more, I don't know, more militaristic Pepsi bottle like. Mm. I guess that's the, zo for the, sure. the zone. There's some protective <laughs> yeah. zoning going on in both in both places. Yeah, you can right. see it actually. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, I think, in Portland don't realize that Vancouver is actually an older city. Mm. We're like 50 years older, and I, I guess... Right, because of the fort. Because of the fort, yeah, because exactly. of Lewis and Clark yeah. and stuff, and 
Right. But, but when, you know, I saw like established, I saw the established for both of them one time and it really surprised me. And then we're actually older than Vancouver, BC. Right. That's the second Vancouver. Yeah. We used to be like, where, where I live now used to be the Northwest Territories, basically Canada. Right. So kind of, kind of interesting. Sure. Yeah. And then Lewis and Clark came down so and they, Fort came shortly thereafter. Yeah. So yeah, there's, yeah. you learn something new on every, every show. And yeah. <laughs> Vancouver's actually older than Portland. I guess that, that does make a little bit of a sense. Well, people dispar- used to disparage it. I mean, you know... People still disparage it all pe- the time. People disparage it, but I hear a lot less of that after we had, like, legal weed and legal gay, you know. You, you know, yeah. I heard a little more Vamsterdam. You guys yeah. definitely beat us to it. And less, va- oh, and less, totally. less Vantucky, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, marriage equality, I should probably say. But, uh, but, yeah, you know, it's funny to talk to people in Vancouver, B.C. that, that you know, don't realize, you know, that we're actually older. The, fir- the OG yeah. Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. right. Right. I think any place now that, I mean, the fringes of Portland have typically been disparaged when Portland was apparently all that it was. Not that right. I'm claiming that it isn't anymore, but I'll kind of say that it isn't. Well, so it's, you know, <laughs> we, like, we are talking about the Portland music scene in the context of it being 2016. Yeah. And uh, we, we've had, and it's not just Portland that it's happening to you, it's pretty much every city, at least the ones I've been to oh, recently. Oh, absolutely, that, yeah. Are just seeing a massive influx of, of, of money and people who just moved here on a whim. Yeah. yeah, I feel like division is 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 the the poster child for what what what's going wrong with Portland. Well, and that that was the first round. They did division first, and yeah. like if you listen to old Elliot Smith songs, thinking about Division Street, like that Division Street is not the same one. I I lived oh, there in yeah. I lived there in like ninety seven, close to there in ninety seven, and yeah. it's complete. Yeah, I mean, it, there were some really cool elements there then well there were some cool yeah. elements there's also some pretty rough fringes of yeah the, the gritty where yeah. like yeah oh, if you weren't careful yeah. you'd, you'd get robbed for heroin money well the, the further back you go i mean that's the oddity of portland being painted in such a kind of frivolous way i mean right. i grew up here and it was it's a really gnarly place i mean there were skateheads oh, yeah. everywhere there were there's a lot of paranoia about gang activity, but in all honesty, like the only people that I knew, including myself, that were ever mugged or like attacked by gangs were attacked by white supremacists. <laughs> so they were like everywhere. I right. grew up you know, in. It was um, really crazy. So it's the, it's remarkably different. I grew right. up with that a little bit. I remember in, I grew up in the Southwest and in, in actually Dallas, Texas. Moved, yeah. to, moved to the Northwest in '97. And, uh, um, and, and settled sort of in southeast Portland. But, yeah, we had a weird skinhead thing, too. And, and they would be at, like, the cool shows. They'd be at shows for bands, like, that they're not into, well, like, like with African-Americans in them, like Bad Brains or something. But they'd be outside, and you'd have to contend with them. Oh, yeah, they were yeah. the same here, like at Pine Street Theater, which became La Luna, and then became, I'm forgetting what, you know, they've all had evolutions, basically. The cheap shows, the punk shows, like skinheads. Of well, there were the two types of skinheads. So yeah. of course they were the sharps and the and the, and the skinhead skinheads, and the sharps were anti-racist skinheads. Like like the which, UK kind of style. Yeah, or, or, yeah, yeah. And they were holding to that as if well that existed, so why shouldn't we? Which I think is fair enough, but from a distance. You couldn't tell. No, you couldn't tell. You can't tell like a. a patch with a swastika with a slash through it from a patch with, with a swastika. swastika right you know and then like that, that that was the only difference and then shoelaces 
Like, literally. You were supposed to be able to tell from the patches and the shoelaces. And so there would be melees at these shows. Like, Fugazi in particular. I remember Ian McKay was like, we aren't playing until the Nazis are out. And there was just yeah. a total melee. Just like, a, it was, a you know, a... a, a I mean, the, the level of aggression back then was pretty crazy, so... Right. Well, and it's just like, this day and age, people aren't wearing swastika armbands. No, no. Or even... It's under the surface more. Right, or even a swastika with an X through it. Right. Armbands. Like, you you have to wade through a couple layers of superficial <laughs> bullshit before right. you see, mm -hmm. you know, the whether actual, someone's yeah. a racist or not. Yeah. I, I sometimes suspect, and I don't... I think that, that pagan spirituality is really cool... What's the deal with the Norse compasses, though? Sometimes I wonder if that is like a... Is that sort of like a quasi... I've seen those. Yeah. I'm, there's a couple I can think of. They're cool, but I just wonder, like... I mean, I knew one guy that was kind of into that, and, and he verged on kind of a... Yeah. Yeah. There's some questionable ideas about Northern European <laughs> su right, superiority. Right. Well, there have been things like that, kind of like with the, you know... 80s and 90s industrial scenes as well there have been like Leibach or something or? yeah I mean Leibach was playing they were joking playing yeah. with you familiar with that yeah. like no. um they're they're a Serbian based band that was playing with fascist motifs and performance as a way of addressing the history of where they were from but kind of in the same way with the Sharps it was edgy it's very hard oh, to right. tell from a distance, what you're actually dealing with, if you don't know the context, well, like, and especially it's like a big deal, obviously. You know, yeah. you someone just passing you on the street isn't going to get the context. No. Isn't going to read your manifesto to no. figure to be, it out. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Right. You know, in it, you have to be able to convince your idea in like half a second, or people just start giving gloss over. It's it. kind of a dubious territory just for that alone. That not everybody can be up to speed with everybody's weird political niche you know it's like, right so you're asking a lot and at the same time there there's just a lot of built-in provocation with things like that so there are advantages if you wanted to play that you know in a more villainous way to your favor just because it draws attention it's iconic you know like it's, it's right it's also, and, some and people it, just know. wake up in the wake up at the in the day pissed off at something and just want to fight someone. Yeah, and yeah. those are you know skinheads who go to punk shows because they they're looking for a fight. Oh, totally. Yeah. They just want to kick someone's ass or get their ass kicked. Well, I, that's that was the essence of what they were coming out <laughs> to those shows for. Is they wanted more the that just visceral thing of putting <clears throat> somebody else down and getting out of their system. You know, getting from, a rise out of someone. Yeah, exactly. I know. I feel like the you know. The benefit of the doubt would be that they just want, you know, the the physical, you know, they're craving that physical thing with the, with the slam dancing and stuff. But yeah, at worst, right? They're trying to, you know, the worst of them are trying to, you know, to start some real shit. And luckily, there I haven't been to too many shows that got out of hand like that. For the most part, people can can handle their shit these days. Yeah, I think things have wound down a bit. Although there is, you know, with these this very weird, bizarre world political place we're in speaking it's, of fascism it's like yeah, yeah it, we we have a lot of tangential or peripheral cues or hints or right. more far more than that that are definitely 
implying there's a abscess of sorts of those ideas and it's frightening when it's unexposed but it's also frightening when it's potentially enabled too because well right especially you, when you have someone that has that much face time on yeah yeah on, on a, a, global a, media yeah. that those viewpoints are standardized and accepted yeah absolutely. and it's just getting more dangerous for people you and, know. and I mean, I feel like if we're talking about like presidential candidates and I mean, I, I, I firmly believe that the Bush year, I mean, that was fr- that was soft fascism. I mean, oh, yeah. when you have yeah. when you have industry taking over government, I mean, tell me that the oil industry didn't take over the government under under Cheney. Bush. Military. Yeah. 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 This isn't a, that was kind of a friendly, cuddly fascism, though, you know, and <laughs> we're, we're faced with a, a kind of a different. Yeah. Know, the the right. soft animal skin covers. It's gone. Yeah. yeah it's the gone veneer. The right. veneer. Just yeah. The, yeah. It was a cold hard steel of the machine. And, and corporate, you know, corporatism, yeah. Well, yeah it's interesting. well, yeah, we're in a more desperate place now. Well, right. Know, you know, I don't know how all that applies to music specifically, <laughs> although as artists and intuits, which, I mean, musicians are, I believe, kind of canaries in the coal mine sure. in respect to what they communicate, whether it's articulated well or it's just poetically stepping in the direction of territories that need to be unveiled like it's a piece of the zeitgeist yeah yeah it's that's what people are thinking yeah maybe not everybody maybe not a majority or a significant portion but one person is thinking it right right and unless you're a musician or an artist or some 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 kind that's only gonna what get be a Facebook post in an oh, echo yeah. chamber of a thousand <laughs> of your friends who all think the exact same way yeah, as you exactly, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like that and and artist of mayors of sorts. Yeah, seriously, it doesn't really transcend that. It it's it's a real curiosity. I've thought a lot about that relative to most of the people I know. It qualifies very progressive, and we have our own subjective differences. But when it comes down to it, I don't think any of us want to murder each other over just some difference in leadership, you know. But, yeah. But then there are, <laughs> there's been, there's been with the with the left, um, you know, always a lot of fragmentation because it's built built up of you know more compartmentalized interests that join together. <clears throat> But don't to, march in. Yeah. But don't march in lockstep. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, which is good. But then once you reach the point of consensus, when facing uh, another mass that is maybe less like um, has less discretion about who's in charge, then what? Then you know. I don't know. I feel right. like that's kind of what we're facing. It's like you know. Yeah, I, I was a Bernie Sanders supporter. Uh, full disclosure. Yeah. I got to my my guy already lost. I've already lost this election. Yeah, I, I yeah. was. I, was, I understand. <laughs> I was proud that he did so well in Washington yeah. State. You know. Yeah. He, yeah. 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 And uh, the, I don't know. I can poo poo the the system as much as I want, but I feel like this election, both parties got the candidate they deserve. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's been you know thirty years in the making, but this is yeah. what you get after thirty years of demagoguery on start stop somewhere sort of random yeah we could pick up we could pick up kind of with i kind of wanted to say about 
I have a few points about some stuff that Ron's doing that I wanted to bring up. But sure, yeah, we we were talking about uh, a vacuum that that kind of suffocates artistic uh, uh, spark, and you know what's happening with Portland in terms of just everybody being priced out. I mean, how did they do rent? How did they even achieve rent control in New York? There's only that? oh, I'm not sure about New York, yeah. Yeah. but I know that there's only one rent control law in Oregon. And that's that cities can't make their own rent control laws. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a the, pretty big the, obstacle, the, yeah. There yeah. shall be no rent control is, yeah. is, right. the, is the The law. only law is that there is none. Well, yeah. it, it's part of the nature of Oregon is that yeah. Portland's a bubble and people forget the other elements of the state of the population that weigh in deeply conservative views contrary to everything that people pretty much everywhere here. else they're really besides. really ru- yeah they're really rural once yeah. you go past like 160th yeah that's yeah. everything right the confederate flags come out oh yeah yeah exactly oh, yeah. and you know you have to consider that the capital is self-evidently not portland it's salem and mm-hmm. salem is a much different city. really interesting place <laughs> you know i mean in the vein of like uh capital cities um I don't know. I mean, it has to walk, I suppose, like any capital, that fine line between urban concerns and rural concerns. I suppose that's a challenge anywhere. But as far as the rent control, I mean, that's where that comes from, or the lack of. Right. Is that those rent control isn't a concern anywhere else, and it won't be allowed to be addressed, partially because of that, because it's not a going concern anywhere outside of maybe Portland and Eugene or maybe Astoria or Cavallis or Ashland, anywhere on the five. Right? <clears throat> yeah, but, I can see Ashland can probably use it. You know, but elsewhere, you know, people, it's out of sight, out of mind thing. I mean, that's where politics usually, people tend to lean in the directions that are relative to either the vacuum of, uh, of their own ideals, the lack of, like, um, diversity that tends to happen in those environments it's there is a lot of paranoia about things that aren't actually relevant mm-hmm. you know in the vein of um well rent control would be vain just socialism and well and there's the and argument that well when you have rent control then people don't have an incentive to invest in new housing right i true I, if I were to ever buy a house, not that it's ever, I mean, at this point in my life, ever going to be a realistic feasibility. Yeah, yeah. That's because of, yeah. it would be to, to live in a house, not right. as an investment hedge against inflation. Just, yeah. yeah. And that's, I think the problem is that people decided that they can make money anywhere they want to. Absolutely, and, yeah. You know, call me Karl Marx, but maybe people shouldn't be able to make money off of everything. Maybe some things people shouldn't be able to make money off of. No, absolutely. Like, I mean... Healthcare? Healthcare? Housing? Healthcare healthcare and housing are the first things that come to mind. If you think of healthcare, I mean, we've had a constant battle to this very day relative to healthcare costs and insurance. It was pulling teeth to even get the scraped together Medicare expansion that Oregon got. Exactly. And... You know, you look at that scenario, I mean, frankly, there's just a lot of, like, um, oh, I don't know, there's a lot of belligerence, just political obstacle-making, and, you know, just fighting or fending 
off, like, um, I don't know, I suppose it's the, from that perspective, it's the idea that you're impeding upon our capacity to profit from anything. But if you think about healthcare, healthcare and health insurance, healthcare is a, is a given, meaning concerns related to healthcare. Mm-hmm. It's not something like, well, you might have a flood, you might have a fire. It's like You're, everyone's everybody will inevitably point. have to deal with that. And so it's almost odd in itself, like the nature of health insurance. So, I mean, there's just one little area where it's like an attitudinal thing, you know, mm-hmm. as, as far as they should have the right to charge whatever they want to achieve the profits they want because that's the ep- essence of American entrepreneurship or whatsoever. And the problem with that is that everybody gets sick, you know, so it's almost like an involuntary Ponzi scheme. Well, <laughs> I mean... If everyone made enough money that they could survive, then a lot of these cap- problems with capitalism wouldn't exist. Right. Like, right. if everyone could afford to buy health insurance, then it right. wouldn't be a problem. Well, if, we, yeah, buy if, we, in... if wages weren't, hadn't been stagnant for 25 to 30 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. You know. And so a lot of these, these problems that capitalism has created, uh, it, a lot of problems that it has, it's created for itself. Well, and those profits that we're talking about, those record profits, that's wealth that belongs in Americans' pockets. I mean, oh, that's yeah. wealth that belongs to people. You know, that look look at look at other first world countries. Oh, absolutely. Well, there there's so many instances like that. But I mean, that you can apply that to pharmaceuticals and the development of drugs and how <laughs> most drugs are developed in university environments with federal money that Not. everybody has paid taxes for not from yeah and and the ownership the ownership ultimately becomes that of the corporation and it's just strange because it seems to me it's just extreme it's like i'm not personally anti-market i mean i've studied history well enough to see the many of the failures of socialism from different applications as well i'm not going to argue that they're better or worse than instances of fascism or egregious examples of capitalism, but it seems like you get to a point of zealotry where it has to be all or nothing in the vein of like corporate profits, that you can't put any limit on it, they can't have any regulation, they can't have any accountability because it will infringe upon them, and it's like, well, in the vein of like... The How one many and the many rights like, are you infringing exactly. on to get there? Yeah, that that to me becomes very extreme. That becomes almost Soviet in its own way. Mm-hmm. You know, if people want to talk about <laughs> being embattled under a system that you have no flexibility <laughs> with or no ability to advance in, I mean, I never thought owning a house would be a problem. Like, meaning I figure I'll eventually get around to it. I'll just pick up a house and I'll get a... I didn't think that at some point in my life that it would just seem like a complete impossibility. Well, I mean, you you could buy this house if you had, you know, $400,000 sitting around. Well, yeah. And this house is barely... I mean, I don't think this house is worth one-tenth of that. Well, most... The artwork might... You know, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, that's very subjective value. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, arguably the artwork is the nicest part of this house. I mean, I'm pretty sure if we cleaned up all the garbage, there wouldn't be a house left. 
But you know, as do that an artist, after the winter. Sure. <laughs> acting is insulation. Yeah. Right? The, the garbage <laughs> totally. is insulatory. <laughs> um, but just as as artists and musicians, we've you know we had to start a business so that we could afford to pay our rent. Yeah. And we found a way as a small business without, you know, dreams of empire to operate within a capitalist system that have worked so far well, until me, they changed all the rules. And yeah. now, yeah. I think it's cool that you've got this technology that's yeah. futuristic, would be futuristic, you know, five, ten years ago. Sure. I feel like just as an optimist on the upside, all this stuff that we're talking about. I mean, like, as a, as a fan of kind of, like, near-future science fiction and kind of cyberpunk, and, and uh, 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 I really like sci-fi that was written under the Soviet system. Sure. That was sort of like, you know, they're veiling all these political... They're veiling all this political commentary, you know, as, as speculative fiction. Hmm. But uh, yeah, all yeah. this stuff that we're talking about feels really sci-fi to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? It's an odd future sure. that we've reached, you know? It's an unexpected... Yeah future i mean the one thing the upside of all of this he said is it does tend to keep us all on our toes yeah I mean, exactly yeah. I, mean, I mean the the thing with like like your operation which i think is great i mean it's like i believe in i believe in a multitude of small smaller efficient ecologically and economically minded businesses is way better than the gross excess and waste of corporations like i've sure i've i've been a commercial artist since i was 18 and in my 20s i did tons of corporate work up until globalization was really staring me in the face there was a point where i was and this was in the mid 90s i'm 47 now so mm -hmm. i'm like well past half my life probably we'll see i don't Ho know hopefully longer but it's the 21st know. century that's true. We'll see how long I want to live. <laughs> right. You know, but I, I did work for Nike for a while, and I was sitting in their video lab making video bumpers for a trade show, listening to Big Star, I think. And there, and I turn on NPR, and they're, they're talking about, um, you know, the kids in Pakistan that are nine years old sitting in the dirt sewing soccer balls up. And I tried to address it to like my cohorts, and nobody. It was just like we don't talk about that, right? You know, and that was one yeah. of the first of a few within the next couple of years where I was just like, I, I, I can make so much money doing this, but I can't do this. Yeah, I, I'm, su I'm surprised to see their 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 brand still. You know, like like you see that, and, yeah. and like. But, it feels really unconscious. It's like, really, you think that's a cool shirt? But they're all they're all like that, yeah. you know. I mean, I. Well, yeah, I, that's the know. thing is, it, I think people would come down harder on it if it wasn't also Adidas. Oh and, yeah. And yeah. like all the all and really all these all companies that have yeah. headquarters in Portland, like, yeah, all of them are exploiting overseas labor for absolutely like unapologetically. And then they're also, I think, my point is to those who can only see government as an intrusion or bureaucracy as only applicable to government. All of the work that I did for corporations, I saw an equal amount of excess and waste and just nonsensical expenditures of things that people's heads would explode on AM radio if it were a federal agency. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But since it's a 
corporation it's that funny. has yeah. it's paying hardly any taxes or floating all their monies yeah. to offshore accounts they're like just being clever you know it's it right just, it's like it, these guys are smart for figuring out a way to game the system and it's yeah. like okay and you're wondering why yeah <laughs> you see the the massive incongruency for people that are obsessed with patriotism and it, it's ideas just or, or it has to be cognitive dissonance yeah. at a certain point yeah. that like how can you rationalize these two yeah because they have be okay with they it. have meaning the corporations have no sovereign concerns Absolutely they're, they're not. not thinking remotely about Ever. what they're bringing to yeah. a community or a country not uh, ones outs- on the, not ones on that level maybe no. some maybe some littler ones you know but oh yeah of course but yeah. yeah but maybe but some on, of the auto companies you know ca- care about that but on that yeah. scale it's like you know i mean yeah. mostly everything's a pr stunt in respect to contributing in fact i can guarantee from my own observations that more money is spent promoting charity um offerings promoting than, it than actually than giving the actual Absolutely. amounts yeah. that are contributed like, well we've talked an awful lot tonight about a lot of terrible things <laughs> yeah uh, are you a bass player i am yeah i see that i see that yeah. you there yeah a uh, little tell us about your 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 thing um most recently i was playing with a band called bath party and it was like uh psychedelic garage rock oh cool um, and is, then, is that a, like an Iraq reference, kind of? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because it, it could be a fun, you know. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, it was good. Uh, there's some stuff oh. on like SoundCloud and uh, cool. It's a cool name, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Um, played a couple tours. It was, it was a good time. Um, my business partners were also my roommates, were also my band members. <laughs> this was like a weird fucked up Partridge family thing yeah. for a long time. <laughs> Happens a little bit, yeah. Uh, and then uh, I took a step back from the band, and they got a new bass player, and then they went on tour in Mexico, and they broke up in Mexico. And people, some of them stayed in Mexico. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, some one of them should have stayed. They've in Mexico. never been seen. Gone native. Uh, but Mike and Justin, who live here now, um, are just working on other projects, and uh, music's been really hard for me recently just yeah. with everything going on in the music scene and yeah. all the venues shutting down and re- really playing music has just kind of been a bummer for me and music has been a great part of my life in a lot of ways that weren't a bummer and to yeah. have it feel like a bummer just sucks so hard well there's a lot of retooling as you figure out where to go next yeah. i know when people ask me like i was at a party a little while back all right where, like, where are you guys like, moving to like where do you where do you play at and i start listing off all these venues and they're all gone yeah mm. i mean the venues that i played a lot were like east end for bodies backspace um yeah. Rotary, what what uh you know. what band did you play for bodies with oh it was party killer wow okay because yeah. yeah you were yeah yeah we've, we've been, been doing around, that for a while now we've been around for like 11 or 12 years yeah totally i think for better or worse that was a fun, that was a fun venue <laughs> oh i love that oh, yeah. place yeah. yeah i played there that once was, that was that was that was, sound was great i always love seeing shows there yeah like saw some great shows there but you know it's weird so you i don't know you just have to figure out new a- avenues and i'm not saying it isn't a bitch because i feel the same way in a lot of respects as far as trying to facilitate new things like the no is going to be gone here in yeah. a month yeah. And um, a few of us, myself included, have been... Is that going to be like an to... ice cream place or a cupcake place? <clears throat> Dog wash, probably. <laughs> you know, 
And a few of us have been, you know, it's like, well, what can we do now? And trying to, you know, facilitate new things. And so um, uh, we've been utilizing the American Legion for a lot of yeah. stuff. Yeah, I've know, been seeing more is, shows happening there, which is, which is awesome. a great way and to I'll, do that. I'll note one thing which is really relevant to the whole bummer conversation yeah. we're having is um, I've put together a benefit with uh, Dewey Mahood of, um, of uh, uh, Mothership Music and uh, Eternal Tapestry. Uh, Mothership Music is his business on MLK. It's a yeah. great record shop and music store. And um, we're doing a benefit on October 15th, which is a, um, it's like a food and winter clothing drive because they have a pantry there for the homeless, for homeless vets, for the needy. Cool. And we were just talking one day and it's just, you know, seeing the just utter disparity yeah. all over the city and just like there's got to be something we can do that's straightforward relative to what we're good at you know and I've talked with other people that have in this town there are all these different cultural niches and if everybody takes a shot at things like this you know like um, after this conversation occurred I had a dialogue with Noah Mickens um, he was also you know he's a well known promoter here and yeah. has done a lot um, with his own things and you know he's he put together a drive to help people who were being forced out you know of their um, location last month and you know it's like everybody does these makes these little efforts it's still kind of a drop in the bucket but for the people that it actually you know applies to that it helps it does do something yeah so um, it does mean a lot some yeah. good energy around kind of yoking bands that you like to that you know yeah. I mean, I write, yeah, I yeah. Like the idea of that. so that's going to be you know that's kind of yeah kind of addressing both those things just sure. the state of the city and also trying to find new forums you know and Chris is a really good example of that use utilizing clues not just for his own band or not just to be a booking agent but to take a theme in respect again to like cultural niches in respect to what we love and addressing the styles of music that he's interested in that there's a, a lot of acts that fall into the category that have opportunities for exposure through that and it's like right. there are a lot of you know places more on the fringe now that'll have to be facilitated now that these other clubs are dying out but I can tell you from you know I mean, I've seen clubs gone from the late 80s through the 90s through the aughts here. And well, this and, is just yeah. the latest string. So Well, and there's an ebb and a flow, totally. for sure. Yeah. And as, you know, more stress is put on, on musicians, we're, we're going to have to get more resourceful and come up with more events like that yeah. that really showcase it and really put it out there in the venues that are left. Exactly, exactly. So that becomes... You know, it's not as easy as it once was, but for those that have the drive and the motivation, it's really welcome. It's imperative, in fact, to keep the pulse going Absolutely. with things that people aren't just booking for profit, you know, for one. Like, that's kind of the foremost thing, because, you know, anybody can take a space and shoot fish in a barrel and do... $8 covers. Super mainstream stuff, $9 pints, you know, the whole shebang. And 
not rake it in, but do pretty damn well, but have no consideration for the continuation of anything that's pre-existing other than just making a buck off. Well, and you know, so. if you're charging $8 a cover for three people to show up, right? versus a $3 cover for 30 people to oh, show absolutely. up. absolutely, yeah. It's yeah. pretty obvious that there the financial incentive is there if yeah. you give it a little bit of faith and go beyond third grade mathematics right. to understand how some of these concepts work. Yeah. You put a little bit of investment in to put the groundwork and really grow it into something that develops, you're going to be making a bunch of money anyway. Just don't be a dick about it. Right, exactly. How hard is that? I've seen, in contrast to other cities, it feels like you know, Portland, the booking, the pe- person that books you never sees your band almost. Oh, uh, it's not anymore. Yeah. They never see your band. Did yeah. you experience that when you, when you were... I, I saw the tail end of people who were like, who wouldn't book you until they saw your band. Oh, until they, they wouldn't book you, yeah. yeah. Like, okay. uh, so you I, could invite I, them and they'd come out and they'd watch you? That happened once. Okay. In like one of the first bands I had in yeah. Portland. And after that, it just after like 2008 2009 it just stopped happening yeah i think a lot of i think a lot of the people that were prominent in the aughts have moved oh yeah into their own projects or have expanded nationally right as far as booking agents that maybe do a few local shows but not with the consistency well and there aren't really local (laughs) booking agents Right. No, and, there aren't uh, many, yeah. Uh, because there's no work for them. Because right. they all got fired. Well, and that's also why those that still do exist have to function with, have to work national tours on top of local stuff, too. Because right. you couldn't just do it locally. It would be impossible. Yeah. We should uh, yeah. talk about the Valentine's thing that you're curating. Oh, yeah. In November. Valentine's is a rad venue. Yeah. yeah. That's one of my favorites. I um, was really privileged to... Um, main booker there presently I think they're not sure they've been through a couple different owners but they've pretty much had the same kind of boutique feel right which is awesome and have kept with that but um Arya Emig is the booker yeah there. he's actually uh, been on the show before oh right on he's great he's uh known him for a long time and um definitely get a kick out of his character he's yeah. a good guy yeah know? totally and so he asked me to do a residency sometime in the winter and awesome. gave me the option in November through January. So I picked November and didn't particularly want to just put emphasis entirely on my own work and none of that because, I don't know, I, I, in the same vein, I don't want to milk that, you know. It's like, what can I do with this time? So I decided to do a, um, a f- <clears throat> five, or five Wednesdays in November and I'm doing a, it's like a micro fest called When the Future Was Now. And so each Wednesday, chronologically oriented from beginning of the month to the end, end will address a different decade of the 20th century in sci-fi cinema through an assortment of bands and projectionists. Awesome. And in a couple cases, um, authors and readers. And um, I'm talking with some movement artists as well. But um, cool. Chris and his band, Quiet, is playing for the, <coughs> excuse me. The November the, 9th. Yeah, November 9th is the, um, is the second date, which is um, called Edge of Aquarius, 1969. Each one has a date or a year and a thematic title 
Very cool. Implying, you know, kind of the orientation of not just that sci-fi cinema, but also the era. And so in that case, you have that window between Woodstock and Altamont. Yeah. And, and so it's basically that evening has an emphasis on um, psychedelia. But Very he, cool. But he has... Um, they have uh, esteemed artist John Shirley is going to sit in with Quiet, and he's um, he's actually grew up in Portland, but he's lived all over um, all over the U.S. And, San Francisco, and, yeah, New York, and New York, and he lived in Berlin for a while too, I believe. But um, Rad. but he was uh, designated by William Gibson of all people as being the first cyberpunk author. Nice. And so um, he's known for his Demon series. He's ne- known for writing the screenplay for The Crow. He's known for... Um, some ly- Doing some lyrics for bands like Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, nice. he has a really interesting resume as far as he's delved into a lot of different things. So he's going to be, I believe, singing and doing a prose passage as well. So they're going to have a little longer set Rad, for theirs for that evening. But that's going to be... Definitely have to really look cool. out for that. Yeah. One. That'll be really cool. And then we'll be for that evening. Um, uh, we'll be having a um, oil lamp projectionist as well. Very cool. So cool. it's kind of rounding it out. And the I la- didn't know that. That's exciting. And the yeah. last aspect is there will be a cover, but the cover will be waived for people that dress for the era. <laughs> so cool. we'll try to get it. You know. Awesome. Kind of create an atmosphere for each one. Yeah, so, that's great. So the next one will be the '70s, and um, my band Party Killer will be playing a band called Whoist, which is a collaboration um, between my friend Dan O'Hara and uh, his bandmates uh, Fester from the band Humors. Um, it's going to be a kind of kraut rock directed mm. um, bit there, and uh, sounds great. That's called um, Ashes of Utopia. It's going to deal with like dy- dystopian films you know um like rollerball or westworld or yeah. things of that elk and then sure. death race yeah exactly and so each one's gonna be be like that but uh should be really cool but yeah the second one the, i'm really thinking the um edge of aquarius one is gonna be really really dope so. yeah well, um, we've gone ridiculously long over. I my... think I would guess so. Yeah. But that's good. That's, a, that's a, <laughs> means it's a good show. Um, do you have anything you wanted to add at the end? Maybe shout out your store. Oh, thanks for having us. I just want to, you know, we we touched on some. I mean, you know, interesting storm clouds in in the, in the sky right now in the world. But yeah, well, it's what it's what's on our mind and what we're yeah. thinking it's, about. It's the backdrop. It can, we it can't help but influence us in our conversation but we're we're mm-hmm. all so lucky to be here we're lucky to be doing what we're doing you know right in the 21st and if century. you don't love it then get out <laughs> yeah, exactly. find another <laughs> right. find another planet <laughs> find a parallel dimension right on that'd be easier yeah. maybe <laughs> well cool thanks for coming you guys yeah, thanks, thank man. you man. Yeah, we appreciate it. irl radio is brought to you by treehouse stickers get your full color custom vinyl stickers the easy way Upload your file today at treehousestickers.com.